0: Bitch! We back.
1: We're here. We made it.
0: (sighs) Another episode of QBT is here. It's arrived. Are y'all ready?
1: You're welcome. There's (laughs) no receipt in the bag. Don't try and return it. We're not having it. None of it. You got to keep it forever. And if you're going to go to the store, wear your fucking mask.
2: Ugh.
0: i talk slick, all up in my ear and shit.
1: (laughs) Hi, welcome to QBT. I'm Maddie Germs. I'm Shawnee. And we are two queer babes uh, talking about mental health, pop culture, and whatever the hell else we want. And last week, we talked a lot about vulnerability. Shawnee, one of our homework assignments was to be vulnerable and think about how that felt did you do that? How'd it go? I did. I did it yesterday with uh,
0: you and Spencer and Jessica and Al. And I don't know if you guys knew that I was being vulnerable, but there I was doing it. Um,
1: I did. It It was wonderful.
0: It felt good. Um, I didn't make it like a thing, but it felt good. And I think I came home after our little park day and was like, wow, like, look at me talking about um, being an only child and Sort of how that's impacted my life, and then also talking a little bit about the sacredness of my body and how mm-hmm. that sort of impacted my uh, sexuality and my thoughts around nudity and my yeah. thoughts around. If you're a friend of mine, you know that I am very weird about seeing my friends nude. So
1: it's I not to weird in a way. It's not weird necessarily. It's not I weird. Had a, <laughs> I had a really great time too, and it was fun. It was kind of my second night in a row doing something like that, except last night when I saw you at the park distanced i um (laughs) i did not have as much to drink i the night before i was on a friend's porch and i just i was just doing this thing where i was just being vulnerable i was just kind of talking and they were talking and there are these friends where we like can have wonderful conversations um all the time but especially like on that verge of sober to drunk and Mm -hmm. then as we get more drunk we can't like listen well so we're all just like screaming over one another and at the same time i'm like i know what everyone said and i had a great time also in retrospect i'm like i cannot believe i just screamed for 72 hours but um i i was like i feel like i was vulnerable with you guys in like a a fun way like um i don't know how to make sense of this like I'm being vulnerable, but it's like lighthearted. I'm joking. I'm like, and I'm also telling truth. And I felt that from you as well. And then with this other friend group, um, Oh, it was Amanda who was on our podcast and her partner, Maddie. And then our friend Lisa who's visiting. Anyway, I just like, I got a little bit more emotional than I thought I was going to be. I just started Mm. talking about, I'm having some really, I'm working with my therapist a lot right now or on some family stuff. And like the minute that I kind of, broach that topic with friends right now it's like raw (laughs) and I just have to like kind of um I don't know we talked last week about being discerning with our vulnerability and sometimes I have to discern not that I feel embarrassed about showing emotion but I'm like what's the purpose of that right now you know how is this helping me or my friends understand me or understand a point we're making or whatever um anyway I'm just naming that it was I feel like I experienced vulnerability in two um, kind of separate and also in my mind they're the same like 24 hours kind of way yeah. and it was it was nice I'm glad that you felt like it was good for you too because I definitely noticed and it was awesome
0: for sure and I think you brought you bring up a good point which is there's a, like it was fun yesterday it was more of like a laughy comparing of stories and uh, experiences situation mm-hmm. which I think is really good for vulnerability right like mm-hmm. part of that vulnerability is seeing somebody else be vulnerable and right. saying like, oh, I have a similar experience or right. I don't have a similar experience, but here's what mine is. Right. Um and sort of sharing yourself. So I'm happy you got that sort of dichotomy between maybe a little bit more of like a serious uh expression and like vulnerable state versus more of like a not lighthearted like it shouldn't be taken seriously, but more of like a it's just not kind as of heavy. having fun with this. Uh-huh. It's not that
1: heavy. Yeah. And I feel like our friends who we were with, I um you know, I actually feel like dress is pretty able to tap into vulnerability, which is like, I think it threw me off about her at first. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, I don't know if I know you where you're offering to me yet. And then I then later felt kind of bad that I wasn't offering that same energy. Cause she's just been that way since day one. And, yeah. and anyway, yesterday I feel like her partner and her, we were all just able to kind of start sharing and it felt very like, mutual vulnerability versus any type of like unsighted kind of thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and maybe that was my own perception but that's how i walked away from it that's how i felt too i it was fun (laughs) um okay do you know what's not fun
3: though
1: (laughs) what this fucking kanye interview man like
0: okay i'm actually getting so much not joy is not the word I'm getting a lot of, uh, maybe it's my inner drama queen, but I am literally, I was reading that Forbes interview with Kanye and was just shaking my head the entire time, cackling like out loud. And I thought this, I didn't think he could take it. I don't, I did not think that he could take it any further than he has. And he continues, continues to not disappoint with his, his just unhinged ridiculousness and yeah he's unhinged i also read a thing today saying that he's probably going through a bipolar episode right his family knows it um and he has one of these once a year so not to laugh at people that have you know that suffer from bipolar disorder um or bipolar depression Mm -hmm. it's a real thing and it does make people do these sort of
1: well it's like his mania potentially yeah it's
0: definitely you could And it makes sense. It makes sense. He could definitely be having a manic episode right now. So I don't want to laugh at that. But I mean, at the end of the day, the stuff he was saying was just like, are you
1: fucking serious? Well, I mean, honestly, part of the thing that is like, I don't know. uh, The funny thing isn't necessarily him doing this, right? It's more like, well, first of all, that Forbes interview in itself the first page as you're scrolling is just a. Uh, you will find this crazy shit in this interview it's just a bulleted <laughs> list of bullshit they have to um, like
0: disclaim before they even let you get
1: into it yes like, here's exactly the,
0: here's the bullshit he's gonna say if you don't want to read the whole thing here's the here's the highlights
1: <laughs> right which I honest I found it when I was looking up uh I was trying to put something up in regards to us talking about Kanye 2020 last week on the recommendations and resources doc and then it was it had come out like that morning and Mm -hmm. so that's what was linked this week in that because i was like honestly i could just link to you something that shows you know his tweet but this is a broader conversation i didn't know we were gonna like fully talk about it today but it's just it's a mess man i
0: mean i don't i don't think we need to pick it apart or go through it but um (laughs) I don't know. I mean, also I was reading it and I was like, I don't know if these are typos or if these are the words that actually came out of his mouth, but a lot of this isn't even making sense to me. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. Sometimes I'm just like, I think we need to pray for Kanye. Like, I I
1: don't know. I don't view him as a villain. I have also been such a big Kanye fan for so long. It really was just the the trump MAGA shit that year that i was like i gotta step back i like i've defended a lot of the bullshit because i understood some of the bipolar stuff and there's part of me that like i love an inflated ego a little bit like i think if we can praise aretha franklin why can't we kind of like praise kanye in some way and also all right girl i i fully (laughs) caveat caveat ellipses but I understand why, like, there's aspects of the shit that he says is, like, um, it's just, like, cocaine nightmares. It's just, like, every straight man who, like, does a bag of blow and solves world problems, and then he wakes up the next morning and has a headache, and you're, like, yeah, because you had a head full of dumb shit, like, so, I don't know, but...
0: I do want to, I'm going to, for those of you that don't want to read the Forbes article or give him the clicks because sure, that's fair. we don't want to give it to him, what I am going to do right now is give you just a couple of quick highlights so you just know what's going on. A, he, his, he's getting guidance for on his run for uh, for the presidency from Elon Musk.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, he wants to call his party the birthday party, so not, not the Democratic Party, he's not Republican, none of that. Houston's called the birthday party. Um... He took off. He's not supporting Trump for real, for real. Um, He is a-okay with siphoning off Black votes from the Democratic nominee. He thinks that thinking that if you're Black, you have to vote Democrat um, is white supremacy in and of itself. We'll see. Um, He has never voted in his life. To have so much to say about things, he's never voted in his life ever. Um, He had COVID and February, which, okay, um, he doesn't believe in vaccines, which I didn't know until this interview, but, like, he's an anti-vaxxer, um, he thinks Planned P- Parenthood is the devil's work, um, he is definitely anti-life, uh, or not anti-life, pro-life, um, and the kicker, his White Ho- his White House organization, uh, the model of it would be based on the country of Wakanda and Black Panther, which, listen, it's, I agree. I would love that. But also, let's think realistically here, dude. Like, Wakanda is a fictional place created by Marvel Comics. I don't think (laughs) you can just say that's what America's going to be. It's not that simple. So...
1: Woof. It's a lot. And also, Elon Musk, like, after he tweeted or was kind of quote-tweeting things from the article, specifically, like, the anti-vaxxer and, like, anti-choice thing. Elon Musk responded to him and was like, we maybe don't agree on things that I thought we did. Um, I just, I feel like he and Elon just had a... I mean, right before this announced, they had a picture together, and that's, like, already bad news, but my favorite part about it was Grimes was taking the photo. Like, you can zoom in, and (laughs) she's the one with an iPhone on the ground looking at it, which, like... Whatever. I mean, she's made her choices to talk about capitalism. Oh, wait, maybe
0: maybe Elon and Kanye did cocaine that night and that's how all this came to fruition.
1: I mean, maybe, or just like they both have inflated egos because of like fuckboys that think that, you know, having ideas that aren't what, like, other people say are something to be greatly heralded. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that is in itself a virtue.
0: I think that ducks should wear, um, Flip flops. Brilliant mean, genius. I'm, am DC I an innovator now? Am I a
1: visionary? <gasps> yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm over it. Let's move on.
0: Okay. Do you want to talk about <laughs> <laughs> you wanna talk about more black people just dropping the fucking ball like Terry oh,
1: Cruz? Oh <laughs> my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't
0: even know that I have the energy to talk about this to be honest. Like Terry Cruz is canceled. I'm tired of it. Like I just everybody's allowed to have an opinion, it's fine. But like, dude, come on. Like <laughs>
1: You're really Ever in a since the Gabrielle Union betrayal, I just have kind of been uh-huh. like, I mean, one, it's not my place to whatever, but I'm also just like, I'm watching you, sir, ma'am. I don't know what that is about. And um, it's just, it's a little sad because I think that he has an ability to speak to an audience that uh, he could draw in. And instead he's chosen to align himself more with the white appeal versus kind of Mm -hmm. speaking to it as a call-in way he's like no i'm trying to bring my black brothers and sisters that are making mistakes over here and it's like oh but not everyone's goal is assimilation dude like not everyone's goal yeah is that like uh also that
0: just it just if your goal is assimilation I personally have an issue with it. Like, that's right. not the point of any of this shit. Like, I'm right. not trying to assimilate and be like white people or make white people comfortable right. or feel right. like, white people have as much of a say in this and they should be able to, like, no, 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 no. White people have been doing this shit for centuries. They are fine to sit down right now on the sidelines. They will be okay for a couple of years. I promise yeah.
3: you.
1: <laughs> and like, you know, he, essentially for anyone who like doesn't know what we're talking about, Terry Cruz basically had multiple kind of tweets and, and stuff that was like, um, you know, if Black Lives Matter, we need to make sure that that doesn't become Black Lives Are Better Than White Lives or whatever. I have friends of all races, creeds, et cetera, et cetera. And then he got on this interview with Don Lemon and was basically like, what about Black on Black Crime? Which, first of all, what aboutism? Like, Google it if you don't know what that is. Like, that's number one. And then number two, Don Lemon kind of got, like, misquoted on Twitter. Or they took what his clip was, which is essentially, like, it's not that... Those black lives quote don't matter, right? It's about like almost all violent crime is within your own community. And if there's been a history of redlining and a history of like defunding and uh, not an allowance to per- own property and all these things, then it might be a lot of white people who live together and a lot of black people that live together. And then, therefore, those crime statistics are just like you, it's more about who you live around versus black on black or white on right or, or like mm-hmm. race specific mm-hmm. crime and like you know, Terry Crews is standing there like, well, you know, um, I don't know. I just feel like we should like do something about it. And Don Lemon's like, well, you can, like you literally can, but why are you trying to co-opt this movement that is specifically about police brutality? Like what about this movement? And yes, it's about the ways that these systems create police brutality. So absolutely gun violence and education, all these other things are related to that. But Terry Crews is like, completely trying to sidestep any sort of responsibility to be placed on police in that it is like, honestly, Kanye says this fucking shit too, that it's like Mm -hmm. the mind and the responsibility of the black community and specifically the black man to like get themselves out of this situation. And to do that by partnering with white rich people. And it's just like, anyway, LA is a disease.
0: Terry, I don't know if it's, I don't know. You know what? I just, Terry Cruz has let me down enough for me to say, I don't like you, Terry Crews. And I thought I did. I thought I did for a really long time. And you make bad decisions like this, and it annoys the shit out of me because you're a person that, you know, when you went through that whole, um, his his me too mo his uh-huh. me too moment as well. It was like, yes, thank you. You're shedding a light on something that is also happening to like men right. in this industry. Yep. Um and like very masculine, like straight men as well. And here you go with this fucking bullshit. Yeah. And trying to take the focus away from like actual change happening in this country. And I don't mm. I don't fucking have time for that. Like if you're not with us and you're not trying to like help dismantle oppression in this country, get out of my face. Like I don't care. I don't fucking care about black on black violence. Like no. that's not it is a thing, but it's not a thing. Like compared yeah. to all the other shit going on right now, that is literally the last thing on my mind right now.
1: Right. It's a thing that um does not invalidate the other thing and to claim that there are not people who have been working for decades on that thing is ignorant of your own culture. Like also fucking The lack of white
0: supremacy means like black supremacy. What? Also, like, so what if it was? I don't care. Yeah, you damn right. Like it is gonna be black supremacy. Like I mean,
1: and also literally only like seven people said that. Like it's just not it's not enough of a thing to make a whole articulate argument against it. It's just anyway, I'm tired of it. Halle Berry made a good decision.
0: (laughs) She did make a good decision. She stepped away from um a role as a transgender man. So we don't know what this movie is called or what the actual project is, but- um, She made it up.
1: No, I'm just kidding. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> no,
3: no just... but
0: there's, there was a film that she was going to be in. We don't know what this film is called, what it's about, but essentially she was going to be playing a woman who, um, actually, I don't know the plot. Let me not even act like I know the plot. All I know is that she was supposed to play a transgendered man um and her if I believe for her, co- her quote correctly it was something along the lines of like I'm really interested in this character because it starts out as a woman and then like she wants to become a man and then she goes through with this and like what is that what is that journey like and like at the end of the day she's a woman and I'm just like all right girl you're over here misgendering and like you're over here just like literally missing the entire point of like what it means and sort of the experience of transgender folks and it's not that's not okay and for you to say that in an interview was just like how are you gonna make a movie around being transgender and not even get the point of what it
1: i mean uh, she got collected and she came back with a really like yo that was wrong as shit so bad so sorry i want to completely and instead of doing that kind of ego-driven thing of like you know i wanted to offer up something, Uh, I don't know, my insight into this and my acting chops. And it's just like, I think she's got it. I'm happy that she made the right choice in stepping away. And also, I also think it's cool that she made that choice public and like owned that part of accountability. I think that that's really awesome. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping some cool trans man gets that role. Um, There aren't a lot out there i saw this tweet the other day that was like i don't really know how to explain it but there are lgbtq rules for straight people and then there's lgbtq rules for queer people and whatever she was describing sounded very much like a movie for straight people about a trans person and like so i mean but i'm happy that a trans person yeah. gets to tell that and they like
0: they like, probably cast because we need somebody with like a big name who's gorgeous that like straight people will come see I'm holding up quotes here turn into a man and it's just like that's (laughs) that's not not it that's not it yeah speaking of people stepping away from things um let me tell you about this interview with Thandie goddamn Newton it's awesome she is becoming has been but is more so becoming like my spirit person as well like Thandie Newton has been out here for a while like I I think I've known Thandie Newton's name since I was like a little child Hmm. um and the fact that she is, like, she did this interview with Vulture recently, I think it came out this week, um, mm-hmm. where she talked about a lot of shit. Um, but one of the highlights for me was, she turned down Charlie's Angels. Like, the early 2000s, Charlie's Angels mm-hmm. with like Cameron Diaz and Drew Barrymore and Lucy Liu. Mm-hmm. She to play the role that Lucy Liu played. Um, mm-hmm. And she turned it down because the director wanted the opening scene, I don't know if it was for her or for the movie, to be He thought it was so cool, but, like, it looks like you're going down a road because you have, like, the asphalt and, like, the yellow lines, um, but then you zoom out more, and you realize that it's actually just her jeans because they're so tight, and she has, like, a fat ass, essentially, Um, and she was like, how about not? And he was like, no, 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 that's what we're doing. And she was just like, oh, okay, well then, no. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess she went to Amy Paschal, who used to be the like president of Sony, and she's been through some shit, um, Amy, for good reason, because she's also racist. Um, mm. And went to this other woman and was just like, I have an issue with this. Mm-hmm. Um, Amy did nothing about it. And then Amy also was like, wanted Thandie Newton to act more like Black, mm-hmm. like in the movie. Sure. Um Anthony
1: was just like, I don't think that that's. She's like, have you seen Beyonce and Goldmember?
0: Yeah. Right. And <laughs> I don't know. It was just, it was, it was loaded with a lot of misogyny and just racism. Mm-hmm. And I will always respect a person that will, literally, turn down a bag that will turn down some coin because they do not stand for that shit. And Dany Newton was straight up like, Oh no, y'all can keep that. Mm-hmm. Like, and listen, they Newton could have made a, a shit ton of money. Probably could have been. I feel like people know Thaney Newton, but like she could have been even bigger if she'd probably taken that role. Yeah. And she still stood behind her own fucking self-worth and value and was like, nah, 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 I don't, I'm not doing that. You don't yeah. have to find another role.
1: I mean, that also is a good example of um the way that the ways that gay men enact misogyny. So it's made by McGee. It's like a very gay film and it's a very woman-powered centric film. And it's all through the lens of a gay man. So Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just naming, I don't even think we have to like go down this whole thing. I'm just naming that like, this wasn't some, you know, Quentin Tarantino type of situation. You know what I mean? It's like, it's in an effort to kind of shock and tantalize without, hearing from this actress that you were working with that that is not comfortable for them. And the, instead of having a conversation about ways that she could feel sexy and portray that on screen, it's all about his idea of making money off of her black body. And exactly. like, just, just throwing it out white gays. Like, don't be like that. Don't <laughs> um, do that. The and Tom Cruise thing- story is crazy too. It's a good, it's a good read. It's That's written really- by um, E. Alex Young, Young, Young. Um, and he's on Twitter, too, and it's on, it's in Vulture, it's great.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, like, Sadie Newton has been nude in so many movies, and it's like, very obviously comfortable with her body. I mean, mm-hmm. she's a nude in, like, Westworld all the fucking time. I mean, she's but, like, very beautiful. She's beautiful. But there's a difference between nudity to, like, that's artistic and tasteful and is meant mm-hmm. to sort of advance the storyline and has to be there, versus just gratuitous sort of you're a woman we want to yeah, see naked yes. and it's gonna fucking right. sell tickets and we're gonna make money off of it right. and it's just like that's not the route to go if you are a filmmaker
1: right. please don't do that yeah um and i mean like it probably let's not talk about it but also go dig for that tom cruise story it's wild it's in there too <laughs> it's like really wild but speaking of women and black women specifically in their bag michaela cole also turned down that um hundred dollar hundred hundred dollars she turned down a hundred dollars turned a hundred dollars <laughs> she turned down the million dollar offer you know how much that costs <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> yeah I mean again talk about under, black, ownership rights yeah yeah talk about black women knowing their worth and knowing their fucking value yep. like
1: and Netflix that- is notorious for under paying black women specifically. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. When like chewing gum is one of the coolest things that they've ever acquired. Like I know it wasn't a a for Netflix kind of thing. Americans just discovered once it became on Netflix. Mm -hmm. but Like it's one of the coolest things they ever acquired. And um, to have her also kind of really play so many different roles and now she's writing for herself. I will say I have only seen the opening episode of I May Destroy You just because I lost my HGO thing. But I plan to get it back and I also am just planning to like fully binge legendary I May Destroy You. There's like mm-hmm. a little dikey skater like a, show I want little... to watch. Oh. Wait,
0: that Betty show? Yes. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That looks really cute. That really catalog
0: of HBO stuff to catch up. I,
1: I, I also like, I mean, insecure is one thing, but other HBO shows specifically, I hate waiting week to week for them. So
3: there i just go.
1: I'm just waiting until it's done and I can just well, get them out.
0: I May Destroy You, I will say, it is one of the few shows that I am okay with happening week to week. It's Well, it's, I can
1: watch an episode of that, and then an episode of Legendary, and then an episode And of then, that. yeah. Haha, <laughs> and it's <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's, yes. it's I mean, it's not a, I won't say it's heavy, I don't want to turn people off from it, but it's just, it's a lot if you're going to try to just, like, watch it back to back. I feel like it's nice to have a little bit of, like, a breath between things, because it's just, they tackle a lot of shit, and I mean... Yeah. I'm interested now. With there's a, I I think I talked about this on the episode with uh, Charles, but there's a, a black gay man storyline. Oh yeah, and they're starting to pick up that storyline more, and I'm like, cool. wow, okay, this is dope. I like like yeah. the, I I like the direction they're going in. I mean, I'm not surprised. it's Yeah, she's fucking
1: amazing. She's a great writer. My friend Jordan just messaged me, and not just, but <laughs> earlier was like. Have you seen this finale yet? And I'm like, I gave her the spiel that I just gave you, and she's like, I'm, I wanted to talk about it with you so bad. It has like wrecked me. I need to talk yeah. about it. So I'm, I'm excited to finally pick that up with her because I, when we watched, um, I, I like that Michaela Cole is getting this because I view her in the same way that I kind of view Phoebe Waller Bridge. Like, mm. you know, Fleabag is incredible. I thought Chewing Gum was incredible, and evidently this show is getting a very similar super positive, especially American response, which for some reason means a lot. Like um, I'm hoping that she rises to that level of appreciation because I mean, for the cheekbones alone, Ugh. you know what I mean? Ugh. I can tell you, she's, that's a bad bitch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Truly. Um, have you seen this very silly Say I Do show on Netflix? No,
0: but you mentioned it yesterday. And okay. I just, I'm also not like a big, I don't think I care about weddings.
1: Okay, I mean, truly, <laughs> I, what I was going to say, is anyone listening, like, I am not in any way co-signing the institutions of marriage. And for some reason, this, like, basic-ass show is just, like, it is just, like, it's just, like, <laughs> popcorn tears. Like, it is just... It, it, what? It, <laughs> it fuels off of just, like, you craving more, and it's just, like, everyone is crying all the time some of it for the little bit of the hokey like oh my god she's so beautiful but then other times they pick these very beautiful stories it's like three queer men that uh kind of come in and do like food all the wedding stuff and then uh, the dress and they all do a little bit of a Karamo thing where they like have private moments and they cry together. Like, it's a little bit of Queer Eye, but like the the people are just oh, like really beautiful and the stories are really beautiful. And I think it's also a terrible dumb show and I cannot stop watching it. I, ate, I eat it up. It is like, it's so good. There's this one episode though at the finale where it's like, there are two gay men. It's still very kind of like heteronormative situation, but there are two gay men. And they go to a um, storytelling kind of workshop, and it is literally like seven minutes of just like kind of queer sob stories. And it was, it's like literally just zooming in on people crying. I, I, I really <laughs> think that scene lasted for like seven minutes. It also, if in, if I watch it back another time, it's only two and a half. It feels <laughs> like seven and a half minutes. Like it is such, it is insane. It is really insane. Um, also, uh, Lady Antebellum, now Lady A are fucking suing the black-blue... Yo, I was so mad about
0: this. I woke up this morning and was like, are you fucking kidding me? How it you doesn't all-
1: make any sense. Like, I mean, how it you- does, but... I mean, because, like, white people, white people. But, like... Literally, you're going to make a fucking huge ass deal about being in support of Black Lives Matter and all this shit, and then and go sue su- someone woman? who <laughs> has I- a name before you. Like, you could have named yourself something else. You decided to name yourself something else. And to sit here and try to, and
0: sit here and try to, with coded language, like throw this Black bus, woman man. under the bus and be on some, like, we tried to, like, reach an agreement, but unfortunately those communications broke down and trying to blame it on her. Like, she's the reason why we can't reach an agreement. Blame her for, like, why we can't have this name we offered to make a song with her like okay you offered to make a song with her that like have her entire fucking name like what a, a b-track song that you weren't even gonna put out on spotify or like not put on an album like are you fucking kidding me like y'all are not slick
1: it's the like, fucking most like we let her live in the house with us what more does she want like it is like fucking, yeah it's it's gross it is honestly disgusting
0: like i i mean I couldn't name a Lady Antebellum song if I needed to, and no. let me tell you, I never will be able to after this shit. Like, uh-uh, I think I there's don't that care.
1: one, like the the crying back and forth, like we're in like separate places and we're crying back and forth to one another. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Obviously, how? <laughs> just like how fucking dare they? Like, it's a, it's a fucking it's just, mess. I literally
0: woke up and was just shocked and like appalled and disgusted. Yeah. Like, this woman has had this name for like 20 years and y'all are sitting here using the argument of our fans have called us lady a since we started like a decade ago it's like okay but this this lady's entire life has been yes. lady a and you're literally trying to steal that from her with the argument that our fans call us this like
1: what so the fuck man. about
0: you Oreo fans like that is her name like you are you gonna give her are you gonna give her 10 million 20 million for that no so then like shut up like pay her was- out
1: But it's not just, like, rights to something. She's got to, like, go back and change her entire back catalog. Exactly. Like, copyright stuff. It's a long process. I'm sure that without lawyers, that would take more than a weekend to fucking settle. Fucking Lady A. Stupid ass. Um, Hate her. I mean, unfortunately, I think that before we go, we need to mention, um, you know, Naya Rivera is Mm. presumed dead um, after most likely drowning in a lake in California. They found her son on a boat alone and then um, spent the day looking for her. And then, you know, you can't really find anything in a fucking lake when it's dark. So it's like, yeah. um, you know, at this point she's presumed dead. So um, that is horrific. I, yeah, um, you know, Glee is fully cursed. Um, it's also a terrible show. And on the show, they made Santana specifically say some like terribly racist, awful things. And, um, you know, she was such a talent on, I mean, we talked about this a little bit with the Leah Michelle bullshit, but Mm -hmm. she really was like that girl. Like, yeah, she was that girl, not only just like gorgeous, but like uh, such a talent. And then like, when she just like smiled in interviews and like made people laugh, I just like you know, I don't know this person and I just, I feel so incredibly sad about it. She was only like 32 or 33 years old, like.
0: I know, it It really saddens me and she is somebody that, her character Santana was very much so one of my favorites on that show. I mean, for mm-hmm. obvious reasons, but like she, she was one of my favorite like characters. I feel like post-Glee, she, um, she went through some shit. I mean, I know she dated Big Sean. Um, I know that they had like a really big fallout. I know that. Um,
1: well I think that was it really. Like, I don't I feel like she was a pretty great person. Like, and I feel like after this whole Leah Michelle thing specifically, she could have taken that and spun it into like a, a bigger acting career post covid cuz like mm-hmm. I don't know. I think she was always great. I I will say that if you're wanting to kind of get some both tears out about it and also some laughter about it there's like several compilation youtube videos just like six to nine minutes of her just having very funny lines on glee just like just read the house down there's one of kurt where she's like talking about his entire queer existence from like the beginning of the episode and it's like two full minutes of her just like reading him to filth and it is like it's perfect maybe I'll play it at the end of the episode honestly it's like it's so fucking good and um there's also I didn't even remember this but when Corey Monteith died on that episode Mm -hmm. she sings when I die young and watching that this morning that like you know that little song like bury me in cotton Bitter roses um anyway watching her sing that this morning in bed I was like Oh yeah. God. I oh can't even my
0: do it. I can't it's... even bring myself to watch any of that yeah. stuff because I just know I'm gonna break down crying. She yeah. <sighs> hopefully, I mean, I will hold out hope. It is she is presumed dead. They have not found a body. Who fucking
1: yeah. I don't mean to speak that negatively into existence. Yeah, I guess. Um... I,
0: I'm I'm gonna hold out hope. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cry or break down or anything until I know. <laughs> but yeah. it fucking sucks, dude. I mean, yeah. It just
1: yeah. Ugh. Well, um, I don't know. Sorry to end on that note. Can you? Not remind- get, yeah,
0: I was going to say, now to get us down to a, a yeah. sad mood, we're going uh, to come
3: back in a second. coming next?
0: We're going to come back in a second hopefully be in a better mood. Now we're going to lean on um, our good friend, Gary McCreer. Uh, he's going to come on the podcast in a little bit to talk about spiritual healing as a part of the work. So uh, you guys stay tuned and come right back. We'll be here for your heart. Um I yeah, guess. it's time to do the work, y'all. It's time to do the work, honey, because we've been talking about pop culture and pop culture, but we need to do some actual work right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I am super excited because we have a very special guest. His name is Gary McCreer. Um, and he's actually the third part of uh The Three Musketeers. So you've met Charles Hayes. Uh he was on a couple of episodes back. before. And not yeah,
2: don't forget don't forget the, the fourth. fourth.
0: Um, <laughs> I did it. <laughs> not nah, you did, did not. I did. Um, and now we have Gary on, who is like the third part of our our little trio. And I'm so happy
2: to have you on, Gary. Hey, girl. Hi, honey. It's the sleepy musketeer in the building. Because you know I'd be taking. Oh my Ascent god. <laughs> the sleepiest of them all. Okay. You got me beat. Okay, mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gary, you're here to. Talk to us a little
0: bit about spiritual healing and what that looks like in your life, in your practice, um, and educate us a little bit on what that even fucking means. Because I'll be honest, like, I grew up Christian. I grew up Baptist Christian. I was over here all about the Lord and Mm -hmm. the Lord only. And God forbid you talk about anything else. Um, Astrology, numerology, tarot readings, psychics, all that shit for me. That was the devil for Mm -hmm. me growing up. Um, But I have... I've had to make a lot of work, I've had to do a lot of work in my life um, to sort of open myself up to that and understand that like, I'm not gonna go to hell because like I went and got like a tarot card reading. So
1: um, I don't know, I wanna have a discussion around it. And I think- You'll go to hell for in, other reasons. Nah, uh, my <laughs> like second, like second dick. But, um,
0: no, I wanna have a discussion around it because I think there's a lot of people out there who um, are new to sort of what's spirituality means and also understanding that that isn't necessarily tied to a religion Mm -hmm. um it means more than that so we're excited to have you on because all that is sort of tied to mental health as well
2: yes because i was about to say listen you already led into it perfectly like it's not supposed to be tied to religion it's a different Mm -hmm. level of being able to understand yourself you know Mm -hmm. and it's like uh allowing yourself that space to know like okay Um, what I've learned, what I've grown up understanding was like my base. It was like my foundation to help me get closer to me. Now I get to amp up my shit. I get to really dig deep. I get to unpack. So listen, you already hit hit it on the money, child. You know me, I'll come in here and start preaching, bitch. (laughs) Preach away, girl. Honestly preach I will get my life in order oh you know listen (laughs) let me turn the hat around and everything like that because we're going to work no you said do the work so we're going to do the work but (laughs) no to be honest I say that uh spirituality to me is like the idea or the understanding of seeing yourself in a completely different light you're giving yourself time to be seen and also knowing that you can take ownership of that you know when you can relinquish it over to a higher power because you know we have You grew up, child, I grew up in the South. I'm from, first and foremost, I was raised in Conyers, Georgia. If you know where that is, you know it's country. You know it's uh, large, wide spaces. So like, I'm used to the Baptist (laughs) churches. I'm used to growing up. Like, I got pulled into the church because of being gay. You know what I'm saying? So that was my understanding of like, religion was something that was fire, hail, and brimstone. And it was an opportunity for me to like, understand like, yes, there is God. Like there is somebody that I can call on if I need to, but what about what I can bring to the table? What about what I've seen already kind of like fall into place? And how do I tap into my spirit and actually listen to what it needs and give it what it needs and also give it the space to take a step back when it needs to be taken a step back? You know, we're not robots. And I feel like spirituality is the space and the opportunity for you to be able to really get to dive deeper into an understanding that a lot of people may not be at. It's like seeing Mm. the light and seeing the life in someone else and being able to see that part of yourself too and nurture that person because you nurture that within you. It's seeing Mm. the world in everyone else, but also seeing it in yourself. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
2: Okay, girl, you came in here
0: hot.
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) When, when
1: When you were talking about, um, uh, this concept of spirituality so there's this thing of the concept and then there's this thing of the practice right what does the practice look like for you
2: so the practice for me it began because i have to always start like where it, like why because it's not just something you hear about and it's like uh i'm gonna try this out like it's something that kind of like finds you and i feel like it comes as you grow and as you quote unquote ascend like the girls would say oh it's ascension season like we're ascending get in like that's what it means to me You're in this space of being able to see the world around you in different ways. So my practices were starting with essential oils. I was like, wow, you can use something to actually like help you to tap in a little deeper. Like it's not a pill, (laughs) you know? And I think that that's what I had seen it as. And then it became uh, tapping into just like understanding crystals, knowing that like, I feel ungrounded. I want to like manifest all of this wonderful shit into my life, but I I feel scared. Ask me for the things that I want. I want to buy a crystal and hold on to that. Maybe sit and meditate with it. And that's where I started. And then I started getting into tarot cards. And I want to say that was around like uh, late 2017, early 2018. I'd been in Mm -hmm. a space where I was uh, sober. That was the first full year of my life of like sobriety from alcohol. I used to be a really good drinker. Sean can tell you. Ooh, Sean can tell you, Ciao oh, We had some nights. We had some okay. nights and they were never- We had some nights,
0: some days, and some weekends. The weekends, okay.
2: listen, some years, <laughs> bitch. And it was like, I needed something to replace what I felt like I was missing with alcohol. Mm. And I felt like those things kind of like showed up to give me direction on what I needed to have in my space and like in my energy. So that way I can make it through the day. I was working as a teacher. I wasn't enjoying that. You know, I was giving a lot of my energy to other people, but in a way that felt fake. It didn't feel 100%, you know, trying to do things to show up in a different way that didn't feel appropriate. So I was like, well, this is how I connect to me. Maybe if Mm -hmm. I connect to myself a little bit deeper through these practices, I can learn things about myself to bring to other folks. And that's really how it began. So I started like Mm -hmm. reading cards for myself, you know, journaling about it and using it as like my opportunity to be like, well, universe, where do you want me to direct my attention for the day? Um, and now, cause it's about, we'll say this last year was my first year, I like to say of freedom. So I left mm-hmm. teaching May, 2019, cause of basically like my last episode, I would say that kind of like took me out the game and was like, you need to get your life together. I've been doing the work, you know, I've been doing the, like reading myself, reading others, like, but still miserable. And it was because of this larger attachment. And after the universe kind of like released that, it became Reiki, it became you know sitting and kind of like going to these different retreats being a part of like those circles of healing and a lot of those practices are what i try to like keep up with these days and a lot of candles i burn a lot of candles girl
0: <laughs> <laughs> you bring up a good point with and i feel like we coming back to this it <clears throat> it seems like these practices have really helped you sort of hone in on who you are yes um again what you bring to the table and i think A way of sort of of summing that up is your identity. It's Mm -hmm. helping sort of hone in on your identity. And I want to know what, I guess, like... (laughs) How has that helped you with your identity, I guess, right? Like, I think that I, knowing you as a friend, mm. I have always felt like you're somebody that has known who you are, like, the entire time. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never had to question, like, oh, Gary doesn't know who he is. Like, Gary is this person. He will tell you he's this person. Um, and he believes that he is this person. Mm. Do you feel like anything has changed for you identity-wise? Do you feel as though... Um, who you are is different now, or do you feel as though it is truly just like, a, I tapped into who was always there from the beginning? It's a
2: mixture of both. I think it's partly like this was a part of me that I knew didn't know existed, but knew to a certain extent. And I didn't always believe what I was putting out there. It was like, it was a, not necessarily a front, but it was what I felt like I had to do in order to survive. And I was doing it so long, cosplay as I like to say, where it was just like, okay, now I can start to believe it because I'm actually seeing it come to fruition. It's one Mm -hmm. thing to say it. It's another thing to live in it and understand that you're just not saying it just for the fuck of saying it. You're saying it and people are actually repeating it to you without you having to say shit about it because of the way that you carry yourself. And I feel like that is what this journey, especially I would say like the latter half of like my 20s and stuff like that really brought to me was the sense of you're saying these things and you know that that bad bitch has always been inside of you, but you were scared to show her because of what you thought other people would think about it. Now you don't have to play those games with yourself anymore. And you actually can step into it a little bit more because it's still developing. I still have my days where I feel like a, a scummy bitch, but you know what? I will say that the days now that I have are so much more clearer in knowing that I've succeeded in the past. I've made it through those moments. And that's what I use as kind of like my reference point to be like, okay, Mm -hmm. girl, like if you did this one time and you knew that it was shit then, you Mm -hmm. can do it again. And that's what Mm -hmm. really honing that spirit and really just like learning my cycles, learning who I am. Like, I know that, you know, one week I could be completely excited, completely full of energy. It's probably because the moon is in a fire sign. So I'm feeling real energetic. But then the next week, I could be depressed as shit because of this going on or because of this transit or because I didn't sleep well. And I know that that doesn't work for my energy, my circadian rhythm. It's really learning those things about yourself and allowing yourself to not feel fearful about speaking that truth up and just like, Mm -hmm. you know, exercising that muscles, I like to say it. That's what spirituality is. Knowing your spirit. Who takes time to do that on a regular basis? And who really sticks to it? You know, sometimes we get caught up with like, trying to show up in ways that other people want us to, and it's like, well, what do we actually want? And sometimes we consciously know it, sometimes we subconsciously know it, but the more that you subconsciously understand, that's the strengthening of the soul, and it's coming to the surface Mm -hmm. in order for you to just be like, actually like, I trust myself enough, and I trust my intuition enough to know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm showing up how I can.
1: Yeah. Um, Something that I'm hearing is like, that there's absolutely, um, a, a belief system that you're engaging with, mm. but there's also something that can be kind of like translated out of that, which is like language and giving language to understanding and ways of understanding self are actually a large part of the power. Yes. So like, I think that absolutely, especially if what I'm hearing from you, there is, um, you know, power in our, um, ancestral line there is power in our um astrological birthmark mm-hmm. right? like whatever that is in terms of like you know your chart or whatever um and also just like the way that the moon relates to us and i'm also hearing too though that like that is the way that you engage with the constant reflection yes and like the and beyond reflection the stepping into what you learn from that reflection mm-hmm. right and I don't mean to miss quote you or misspeak if that's not what you're saying but i think that for i think for me like some of that can be in some of this mental health language i don't know if shawnee you identify with this but like learning what depression is or learning what Mm -hmm. uh mania is or learning what adhd is and then reading definitions about those things while those are academic and very heady understandings Mm -hmm. in some ways and can actually be harmful to the spirit because they're too intellectual you know what i mean yes however however there is at least a kind of like stepping into some power of like now i know mm-hmm. does any of that resonate
2: 100 because it's like you don't have to question there's no question about it you understand it on what your spirit knows it as and it can mm-hmm. identify it as such it's not trying to reach out in order to attain what someone else has defined it for you to be and that's mm-hmm. why i feel like especially when it comes to I think the concept of spirituality, the idea of spirituality for me, it's what feels innately proper to you. And I think that that develops based on your lived experience, you know, what you were like when you were younger, you know, all of those different things that come into, you know, your development, how you see yourself like in this lifetime, like in this moment now, it's like being able to put those pieces together and see what cycles are literally part of your energetic imprint. And how do you trust that you can find things that will help you to ground yourself and bring you back to center, Mm
3: -hmm. that may
2: not work for everybody else. You know? Right. I think that a lot of people also,
0: in my understanding, that a lot of people, in my understanding, a lot of people don't understand themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of people are really resistant to understanding themselves, right? And maybe I'm answering my own question here, but I think that I, I think I mentioned this before, but I have been skeptical about sort of, personally skeptical about like, this this level of spirituality that you're talking about Mm -hmm. and i think that right now hearing from you i'm learning that maybe that resistance to like understanding more about what spiritual healing is learning more about what crystals are what sort of transits are sort of what astrology means um maybe the resistance of that has been because i don't want to know more about myself Mm -hmm. or it's a little bit scary so i'm wondering like has that been an experience for you do you feel as though have you have you felt any resistance with getting to the place that you are
2: now because of like a fear of self oh my god fear of self fear of the like fear of i think even for me sometimes thinking that what i do is not of god because of how i grew up or you know not of like what my parents want for me my family thinks is best for me because it's you know not right it's but then I also have to remember like I spent the majority of my years in the closet <laughs> for, with my family, you know, even yeah. though they were very aware of what was going on. So it's like, I can look at that stuff and be like, actually, I don't want to go down that road anymore of like being fearful of these things because it only made me feel like I was an imposter in my own body. It, fe- it felt like I was this, uh, the soul inside of the shell. Yeah. It didn't match. And the more that I can answer those questions, and the more that I can at least, you know, shed light on what that means for me, it helps me to understand so much more about why I need to be doing this. Because if I really merge those two worlds together, I, I'm unstoppable and I will always right. be unstoppable. But it's like that's a mindset that you have to want to be in while also knowing that you can be humble, you know, you can be humbled in any kind of situation, but it's also like knowing that. This is part of the experience, and being grateful for every part of it, you know, as it comes.
1: Oof. I'm like trying to just breathe through some of that right now, yeah. and um, I think so. When I when I hear you talking about cycles, and then when I hear you talking about like family of origin, I'm thinking about like I'm I am present in this mm-hmm. moment, and I'm immediately like pushed to a therapy session I had recently, mm-hmm. where like. I'm talking about my own personal cycles. I'm talking about the shedding of the expectation and like the the stepping into some of this stuff. And also, some of that is literally about like falling into my body for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like I think when you experience um, like levels of trauma as a kid, you know, like you, you learn it's safer to live up here in your head. Mm-hmm. You learn it's safer to like not look into the mirror because evidently that's worth like hitting or not loving or like you right. leaving, right? And so it's like, okay, that self-reflection becomes scary because you're like, something is not likable. Mm-hmm. Something is not lovable, right? And then so you forget to look at yourself. You forget to know what your fingers look like. You forget to know what your titties feel like. You forget to like know how these joints move and stuff. And for me, all of that to say, sorry, that there is something spiritual about coming back into the body which feels i think sort of antithetical to people who hear about spirituality Mm -hmm. because they hear that's some woo-woo star shit Mm -hmm. you don't live on this planet anymore (laughs) and i feel i feel like most quote spiritual people i know and the limited experiences that i have with spirituality outside of the christian religion Mm -hmm. is um is actually a much more grounded experience than people who are either so like religious one way or anti-religious and very heady intellectual right. book kind of one way. Um, I just wanna kinda like dispel that and hear what how that feels being said to you.
2: I, first off, thank you for sharing that because it is truly an experience, like that's a spiritual experience to just be inside yourself. And just feel through that. Um, I feel like when it comes to, like, I like to call them the Bible thumpers, (laughs) Um, because I want to also be clear about that. Like, I believe in God. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's also something that a lot of people may be confused on when it comes to spirituality. They hear about the woo woo shit. Because I'm—I'll tell you, I'm a woo woo bitch up and you know through and through. But it's also important to me to understand that. You know we're on this plane and we're all connecting we're all finding each other at different times for different reasons like what are coincidences you know what i mean like coincidences are events that come up in our lives in order to help us to be able to shift the direction of something that we already knew we were thinking about but like if we don't recognize them as such if we don't think about the universe even conspiring in our fucking favor to do that. Mm-hmm. And it becomes like this thing of like, you know, oh, that's the devil because you're putting in, inter- you're not trusting this one big entity that's supposed to be doing everything and is watching over you. And if you eat a piece of shellfish, you're going to hell, bitch. Like, mm-hmm. no, like that's not what it is. It's more about, you know, the, the law of love <laughs> and how you are spreading love and how you're being present in love and present in the experience, the human experience, not just with yourself, like internally, but the people around you and being able to show up in whatever feels authentic that day, but not being fearful of showing up in that. And And I go ahead.
1: No, so I feel like some people show up into the, uh, what you're talking about in terms of coincidences, Mm -hmm. they show up into that and then center themselves completely in the experience of miracles and coincidences. Mm -hmm. And it's like, actually, what you should be more aware of is the fact that like, almost everyone has quote coincidences, Mm -hmm. or there might've been three lifetimes throughout this world in different areas of the world that are almost exactly like yours. And so while we are intimately independent and sort of self, Mm -hmm. self is also this illusion. And so like tapping into coincidences and tapping into the communal nature of energies constantly fucking colliding Mm -hmm. that is much more of a a spiritual connection because it's i i know we started talking about as spiritual connection as an understanding of self Mm. i think that for me the way that i have been able to process and absorb that and in some ways that i think like quote christians almost get it right Mm -hmm. which is about a connection to other people and a connection to a lived experience of a spiritual self that Just exists on this world Mm -hmm. or this universe, and we just don't have all the language for it. And maybe we shouldn't. I think that like that shouldn't be the goal. The goal should just be to experience it and know that it's there.
2: Amen, one hundred percent. Because if you start questioning everything or thinking that you need answers to every little thing, you'll never you'll never enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? You won't. You'll just want to know every single piece of what's coming up and how it's going to work and it's like you're not releasing to the flow you're not trusting yourself enough to know that you've done the work you've shown up Mm. even if you feel like you haven't the fact that you are being aware is strength in itself and that's you being tapped into your spirit Mm. and that's beautiful a lot of people struggle with that because the language isn't there or the teaching isn't there or the model has not been there in order to see that if you think about like uh, it, it makes me think about the people that we know that are famous you know what I'm saying? that have made it how did they get there how often do they tell that story do they talk about the development that they had of their spirit in order to get them to the place where they are now or even people that we know that are wonderful like whoever you could think of it's like Do you see these people talking about the transformation of themselves that they had to go through? It may not have been woo-woo crystals and you know tarot card readings and stuff like that, but there was something they had to do for their energy for themselves because they're aware of themselves enough and they're also aware of everybody else around them and how they have to operate. Isn't that genius?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean I think some of the people that we see that don't do that thing, that fail miserably or die are fucked up by the idea and difference between like perception and self yes and that like clashing of those two things at the same time just like ruins people yeah you know like i think what we've probably have all seen faggots that it ruins and they have like a thousand followers and it's like girl like girl girl, it's not that like this should not hit you this hard but also like let's get you together let's talk about it Mm -hmm. you know let's feel it out sorry
0: yeah i'm interested in sort of i mean you are you are a black man you're a queer black man Mm -hmm. and i'm interested sort of in how your experience um has impacted those parts of your identity right like i again i've i have seen you be both of those things Mm -hmm. (laughs) throughout the years um but it just seems it seems different this time, Gary. And I, I mean, I love it. And like, I just, I guess, I want to know what that feels like to you, and sort of, if there is any sort of learning lesson or something that you've taken away from really leaning into getting to know yourself more, and then how you've seen that manifest itself, um, being black, being queer, and especially being black and being queer in twenty fucking twenty with yeah. all the shit going on in the world. Yes.
2: Huh. So. I will say that I don't want to call myself, actually, you know what, fuck it. Cause I'm gonna say what the fuck I'm gonna say. I'm an anomaly. You know what I mean? Like I was already an anomaly. Now it's just like, oh bitch, you want to do some extra shit. Like (laughs) the world that I like exist in, in that capacity is very white dominated and white female dominated, white woman dominated. Um, And for me, you know, (laughs) I can only say what my experience has been over the last year. It just feels like I don't, I'm a very rare commodity when it comes to spiritual work or just like being somebody who's read cards, you know, for the last couple of years. And I feel like with my identity, it's had, it's made me really just like appreciate me on a different level. Um, And the fact that like, even though i know i may feel sometimes like i'm not worthy enough or you know it's not coming together as fast as i wanted to it's like no girl like you have done so much to get to where you are and you also already stood out you knew you stood out you stuck out like a sore thumb girl but now you stick out even more my blackness when it comes to this on one end is very much like you know Black people always, they're a little back and forth when it comes to the healing work or just like the Mm -hmm. healing arts. Like, let's be real, like I'm a Reiki master. Reiki is something that people have heard of because it's, you know, people putting your hand, putting your hands on folks, whatever. It's like, but at the same time, I'll put my hands on you and you'll feel like a different bitch when you get up off the table or when you, and it's like, it's real. And for me, a lot of people, they struggle with understanding that. So it's like, I have to explain like, yeah, I just help people move the energy through them, you know? So that's one difficult aspect of it. And then, as far as you know, my queer identity, or just like having to deal with my sexuality, um, I feel like it's just maybe to appreciate myself a little bit more, understanding that like maybe I got thrown this only because I knew I could handle it, and it also helps me to uh, teach others, you know, and just knowing that that can be okay. Yeah,
0: I love that you brought up <laughs> like putting putting hands on people, um, not in the way of like fighting, Mm -hmm. but like in the way of just straight up. See me with them hands. Right? You Mm -hmm. can catch these hands. Um, But no, for real, like I, you just took me back to like, some middle school shit where like i remember being in church and sort of you know go up to the front the pastor's gonna put their hands on you and then people are falling out Mm -hmm. right and then it's happening to me and i'm like i didn't fall out i feel like people are just putting on an act or putting on like a fucking show and i don't get it Mm -hmm. um and i guess i have never ever until just now correlated sort of that experience whether it was real fake or whatever correlated that with reiki Mm -hmm. right like it's something that has went over my head. I looked at Reiki, I will say this personally, I've looked at Reiki and just been sort of like, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, which is probably the same attitude I had towards being in church and seeing a pastor do the same thing and me
2: be like, okay, I guess. <laughs> like- I'm gonna throw it to you like this. Think about what you think Reiki has. When I think of it, I think about a, a frail white woman with her hand standing over a table, like, you know what I'm saying? So immediately that's not, that's where my mind goes. And it's like, that's not necessarily what I want either. But I know that yeah. that that's not it, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's a very different experience with every single practitioner that you go to. So you mm-hmm. find somebody that looks or feels like an energetic match for you. And that's mm-hmm. what allows you to even facilitate the healing because a lot of the time if you think about it, if you're going, were you going to church begrudgingly? You know what I'm saying? You, it's not like you okay. there intentionally. You were taken there because of somebody else forcing you to do it, it was not because of your spirit needing that or wanting that at that time.
3: Which is part of the reason why
2: them folks was falling out because they was in a different, a different world. They felt the spirit, you know what I'm saying? So same capacity here. It's like, Mm. you have to figure out like, when I'm at that place, when you hit your low, when you hit a low where you know that I will do anything in order to make it through, you will try some new shit. And that's where I got, and that's where where I'm at,
1: okay? Yeah. You all are like really helping connect some dots for me because I am also thinking about, Shani, that what you're naming is kind of what I was talking about, about like how Christians almost get it right. <laughs> like, like there is an element of like, whether you name this as God or Jesus or the Holy Trinity and then your practice is prayer or your, which is manifesting, Mm -hmm. or your practice is putting hands on people, which is something like Reiki. It's Mm -hmm. about energy. It's about the sharing of connect. Like all of these things just have different names. The problem is when you like make it law. The problem is when you create a shame system Mm -hmm. around the connection to the spirit, because that is in connection to power and capitalism, like this fucking white woman shit, which is like, you know, a question that I had and I've been thinking about is, like, when I think about spirituality, especially in goddamn Portland, I think about these, like, quote, like, white witches or whatever that then have adopted, you know, stolen Native practices mm-hmm. across multiple tribes, mm. stolen African practices, st- stolen, like... um I can go on. We've stolen a lot, and so like, uh, not to be funny, but I mean, you know, Real. and uh, girl, you don't show people did. Not... <laughs> Real. And that's why that's the reason why we do this podcast together because you right. are aware. <laughs> so I mean, in that, I'm like, okay. I hear a lot of critique from people of specifically Black folks, but also other folks of color, specifically Native folks or Indigenous folks that are like, that practice is not for you. Mm-hmm. Like like you don't know what you're doing and you calling on your ancestors is actually dangerous as fuck because your ancestors were fucked up (laughs) so like anyway i'm just naming i can see this sort of co-opting colonialist stealing spiritual practice that has become the kind of larger narrative especially post like kind of like Mm -hmm. 60s 70s hippie love revolution or whatever that there is the face kind of like what you're describing of the the woman over the table but there is a face of quote spiritual in the united states Mm -hmm. that is often based on stolen practices i don't know if you can speak to those practices or not because like you know I'm obviously speaking from a little bit of an out, like I haven't done the studying. My 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 stuff is very kind of like, things have been shared with me, right. but I have not done a deep dive, you know what I mean? Anyway, how does that sound feel? So
2: I can speak about what I'm personally aware of. And I also know yeah. what you mean about like um, certain practices like being taken from different like religions that shouldn't be touched. Like I will never forget, I think it was like a couple of months ago, somebody was talking about some white woman or some white girl called on a baron, which is a spirit in Santeria, which I believe if I'm not mistaken, which is supposed to be like uh, basically like the undertaker, like take him to the underworld and she died or some shit like that. Some crazy shit. Yeah. Like you shouldn't be you shouldn't be fucking with stuff that you do not know. And sometimes like some of these practices that are taken is only because it makes me think of like appropriation. <laughs> like it's like, yeah, there, it's, there are, there's so, yeah. there's some sorts of appropriation that I see. Oh, it's so interesting because I just watched something yesterday, a girlfriend of mine had posted and it was like some healer. Um, I forget what her name was, but she was like, people think that like, because I listen to rap music, like, you know, and I do healing that, you know, I can't. And I'm like, ma'am, what? Like, where is this, like, I think it's more about passing and trying to pass in senses of.
1: What do you mean by passing? Do you mean like handing off tradition or do you mean like passing in, like I can get by in a certain perceived way? There we go.
2: I can get by in a certain perceived way. And because it's being used as healing or because it's being triggered in kind of like this scene of like, this is for me, or this is for like this group of people, I'm doing this to help, it's like, if you are not aware, if you have not been doing the studying, if that's not a part of your lineage, if that's not a part of your understanding, like, should you be trying? Mm. And I feel like that comes with certain things, like going to, like, people go to cemeteries and stuff like that. And cemetery work is something that's very heavy, especially when um, you talk about hoodoo. Um, Hoodoo is, like, the traditional, like, African practice of just, like, uh, or African, a lot of African-Americans, like, use hoodoo or have used hoodoo practices, like, to connect to their ancestors and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And people have, like, used cemeteries, played around in cemeteries, especially, like, certain types of, witches that I've heard, and not doing certain reverence, you know? Right. I feel like a lot of these practices, it, there's certain things that overlap, but then there's also different ways of being able to, like, really tap in and also knowing, like, what your lineage is and what isn't. I also feel like part of it comes from, and this is just from my own experience, like, yeah. what innately feels appropriate? Because, like, for me, like, Reiki is a Japanese practice. Where the fuck did that come from for me? Why would I be interested in that? but it also Mm -hmm. is like this connection of what I saw healing hands being understood as and being able to unlock that and being able to understand where energy comes from. How do we even conceptualize energy in the brain and like giving that practice, giving that understanding its reverence, but also knowing I'm not the end all be all for it. And a lot of people don't Mm. give things, they're just desserts the way that they're supposed to to meet. Yeah. Sorry.
1: That makes a lot of sense to me. No, no, no. That makes a lot of sense to me. Because essentially what you're saying is that like, beyond just this idea of like white girl wearing dreads, Mm -hmm. there's something beyond white girl practicing certain like black traditions of magic. It's actually, it's potentially unsafe. And like there's like potential, it's beyond just appropriation and being white and grabbing whatever you can. Right. It's more like you're engaging with practices that often have like, a spoken story lineage, mm-hmm. or like things that are relationship-based, and you're dabbling because you have the access to the internet. Yes. is that exactly. what I'm hearing? Yes, okay. exactly. That makes that's sense. What to I
0: was, me. That's what I was taking away too. It sounds, it very much so sounds like some shit. Where oh, this just <laughs> I'm gonna do this because it sounds cool to do, mm-hmm. and like I know I literally don't have much of an understanding about it. It's just it sounds right, and like I'm about it, so I'm gonna do it mm-hmm. without paying it the respect and sort of really digging into it and then also understanding like is this something that is sort of inherent to your cultural or to your like ancestral sort of background right right? like I would say that for me I I don't know much but like Native American practices aren't something that I know much about so like why would I take something like that and suddenly be like out I I don't even have an example because I know nothing about this but like I'm not going to take an example of something but like that but that's the point like, you don't know
1: it. you don't know exactly mm-hmm. like I'm not going to
0: suddenly be like oh I went to this like I don't know uh, gift shop-, shop
1: somewhere yeah
0: yeah I went to like a gift shop and there's a fucking dream catcher and like they told me this I'm going to hang it up and that's what it means now like mm-hmm. no like I know nothing about what that means to this culture I know nothing about like the history of that and so like why would I do that put it in my home and then like worship it and Mm -hmm. or um give it my energy Mm -hmm. when i just don't have an understanding of it Mm -hmm. and i i do see that a lot i mean i see that shit with like literally dream catchers the evil eye i have one in my fucking home and i'm over here like do i even understand the history of that shit or Mm -hmm. do i just have it because people say like oh you need one of these in your home and it's like Mm -hmm. do i like i don't know what this even comes from i don't Mm -hmm. even know you're just telling me that i'm supposed to have this in my house
1: i mean i have a friend who practices magic and they give me a charm every new year's eve to hang over my bed or hang over my doorframe and i trust them and i love them and i also i intentionally don't ask a lot of questions because it's a very personal practice of their kindness and that's the way that they share their kindness and protection for their friends Mm -hmm. and it's like more of like the gesture honestly than it is the me fully getting it but I also don't fully get it you know like Mm -hmm. I I just am kind of trusting my friendship in this friend and what to me it symbolizes is I am honoring my friend who decided to honor me in their own time Mm -hmm. you know what I mean um but I also am thinking too about like um oh no the tequila. uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh well, well, I'll cut this out. Oh, the the, the tequila. Did the
0: tequila just hit. It, it
1: t- no, it just took me. It took a memory for me. I fully <laughs> had a full sentence and I like don't remember what it is. um
0: Keep it in the show. We oh keep it no!
1: In <laughs> hard, hard. Um.
0: Is there anything you want to plug, Gary? I feel like. You know what are you doing out here in these streets? How can our listeners find you? Like if they are, if they want to know more, because I do think that this has been a great conversation, and obviously we don't have hours and hours and hours on this podcast to just continue to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think this could go so many more directions, and I would love to have you back on at some point in the future. But
1: yes. um, I'd can- love to have you come do a reading or read our charts or something like yeah. that. Ooh, I will, I was about to say I will find you a good astrologer
2: because it is not me okay <laughs> yeah. listen okay. but we can disagree. listen she said she knows herself she knows
0: and that's the other thing
2: like there's certain things you got to be aware about you good at that is not something i'm good at because to me like tarot and all that stuff is like humanities and astrology is like stem because it's like you got to pay attention oh, yeah. to everything i'm like i was not okay. a stem girl i was a humanities girl but sure. um no a tarot reading yes i totally got you on that and that's something that like even i'm like <laughs> it's funny where you've been talking about this because I've been struggling with really like leaning into that recently. Like I read for like two years, three years straight, and then it's like over the last couple of months, something was just like, no, you need a break from all the cards. You need to touch that stuff. Just live in yourself. But now I'm getting back out there because it's like, it feels like it's time to dole out information, you know, be the source, be the conduit. And that's what I really enjoy doing. So hey. You know, I told Sean I was trying to come to Portland this year anyway, but you know, because Miss, Miss COVID showed up. Miss COVID showed up. Things. She said, no,
0: ma'am, you're not doing nothing.
2: Okay, so I got to sit in the house. <laughs> but no, um, people can find me um, at GangstaGurry, you know, Gangsta with an A, because we don't do that ER shit over here. No buster. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter. Um, gangstagurry.me because it's we me, it. We're going to tag
0: you. We're going to tag you. Okay. okay, like you can, no you can
2: find a anywhere.
0: <laughs> Jesus
1: Christ.
0: <laughs> <be> I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, really... I'm calling the Lord right now to come into this
1: podcast. Oh my <laughs> I need a break to laugh this off.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> okay, we're going to come back and take our meds. Okay. We're almost ready to come now I'm going first here.
1: Oh, wait. Yeah. It, I it, thought you were. My bad. That was Nope. My bad. We're taking
0: our meds, everybody.
1: Hi. <laughs> Come on. I love an outline. of a blooper. This is
0: great. So, uh, listeners, ignore us. I'm still <laughs>
1: high on Gary's words. I like having have a process. Like, Just who I am it. as a human. I'm, like, living elsewhere, right?
0: now. Right. Oh, we are out of our, we're having an out of body experience okay, right now. Well, we're not
1: taking meds. Let's take our essential oils. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Listen, those fuck fucking up, okay, girl?
0: Oh, my Watch God. you on them
1: temples. Like,
2: right. we got <laughs> a very special
0: segment of Take Your Meds. We're going to be taking essential oils instead. Okay. Essentially.
2: <laughs>
0: Essentially. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Stop first, screaming. and then Gary, you're going to go next, and then Maddie, you're going to be last. Okay. Um, I'll start. Here we go. My meds, <laughs> my essential oils this week have been... um. Yo, there's a show on HBO Max, and I feel like if you've talked to me recently, I won't shut up about it. And I'm sorry, but um, it's called it's called Love Life, and it stars Anna Kendrick, and I am obsessed with it. I watched it all, almost the entire thing in one night. It's ten episodes long; they're each like thirty minutes long. Um, I finished the last two episodes this morning, I think. Yeah, it's really good. Mm. It's um essentially the premise of it is you have seven relationships before you meet like you're one um and seven relationships in the sense of like they might be long term they might be casual hookups they might be like really close friends or whatever but you have seven significant sort of relationships that sort of impact who you are and sort of impact your love life before you actually Fall in love with your one person. I don't know if it's a scientifically correct or not. Doesn't matter. Um, but it I don't know. It it brought me a lot of joy this week because I have been very, very, very here. I go being
1: vulnerable. <clears throat> I have been very Corny. Open... <laughs> Oh, what were you gonna
0: say? You are not wrong, Maddie, but like that's not what I was gonna say.
1: So... Okay, my bad. Sorry. <laughs> a lot
0: I can see your boner but also (laughs) it's apparent it's pretty large um anyways
1: true True.
0: I've been very I've been feeling a sense of hopelessness when it comes to finding love and being in a relationship or like getting married or whatever not to say that I want to get married I don't even know how I feel about that but just being partnered with somebody I can be vulnerable and say that right now on this podcast love is something that has always been very sort of elusive Mm -hmm. to me um and I look at my friends sh- my friends, and sort of their partners and what goes on around me. And I, I'm a hopeless romantic at heart. It does not come off that way a lot of times. I think that if you were a friend of mine, you probably think that, what, Sean wants a relationship? Like, yeah, I do actually. Um, it's
1: almost like the arm's length thing is like a defense mechanism. Right it's
0: definitely a defense mm-hmm. mechanism.
1: Um, <laughs>
0: but also because like, I know you I'm know I a bad do. bitch and I have a lot to contribute and I just need somebody that can do the same. But anyways, um, yeah, I don't know. This show really it hit me in the gut, man. Like, and it's not like a sappy sort of like boo-hoo cry type of show. I have anything I was reeled into it because the whole point is at the end of every episode, there's like a breakup that happens. And I'm just like, oh yeah, no, this feels more like real life. Like you date somebody for two or three years or you are sleeping with somebody for a couple of months and then it just sort of ends. And how do you sort of take that and how much of that becomes a part of who you are? And then how much do you learn about yourself from the relationship that you from the relationships in your life, whether they be romantic or whether they just be like close friendships. And I think that the show just gave me a lot of hope. It really made me understand that like all the dates I've been on sort of all my love life up until this point has not been for nothing. And that um, it it has taught me a lot about who I am. And it has also taught me sort of that arm's length that you're talking about, Maddie, and sort of why I treat myself with such an air comes from a very specific place. And it comes from a place of, niggas ain't shit sometimes so like i don't know i can't recommend the show enough it might just be me being sappy and being in my feelings this week but um i recommend love life um because i just think it's really good and the cast is great and it's funny and it's also very heartfelt and it just has a lot of spirit behind it and i just think that um it's a good show and it has a second season that's coming out whenever um but the whole first season is on hbo max if you have that
2: go check it out
1: Love that. Also, just want to shout out that Legendary got renewed for a second season so we talked about earlier, but like, I'm excited about that. Gary, what essential oils are you taking?
2: <laughs> First off, I just have to say, like, Sean, I'm sweating over here, girl, because I was like, did you just read my whole life? Like, did you just say Gosh. anything that been on my mind, like in the background, like the whole? I, that's why I had to write it down. I was like, I don't even need to watch this show because I don't even watch new TV shows. You know, I'm a survivor girl. And that's all I watch. Challenge girl. That's it. So Thank you for that. Cause I was about to say, I yeah. totally felt. I love you, Shoni. Yes, love love you to life. Um, I love y'all, My essential oils for this week. It's gonna sound really like small, but like I got my house cleaned <laughs> yesterday. Like I- Okay, <laughs> big. I love that. Okay, like listen. So one of the things that I try to do every couple of months is get somebody in there to come and like clean it like all the way. Cause I live by myself, I'm dusty and I'm a bachelor so like I'm always on the go so it's just like for me it just takes a lot to like clean and really just like have that time to like put stuff away and I was just like the fact that somebody came and did that it really just changed my whole spirit around it felt yeah, like I it can. was it felt like it was something I needed like even on the very base level to so just be like I can breathe again and it's been nice oh, yeah. so very simple but it has definitely changed my mood around for the week because it's just like, I don't know. I just feel like I'm starting again, starting something fresh, and I feel like every time you know you get an opportunity to like have your house reset, um, you feel like you're starting new. So
1: it's like a haircut for your house. You're yeah. like a new, mm-hmm. new girl mm-hmm. in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: feeling fresh, right? feeling fishy. So I was just like, I was yeah. gonna say it's
0: like a it's like a bidet for your house, but you know what? <laughs> same thing, same
1: thing. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> this cleaning it really...
0: out. It's cleaning it out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, I. Actually remember what the tequila stole and it was actually about I was like wondering (laughs) about uh like um the connection specifically to like nature and Mm -hmm. like the science of the way we understand the world and how that bastardizes our sense of spirit. So that's another conversation for another episode. Mm -hmm. It ties into my meds because or my essential oils because I um was able to get out and go be by some water. I like took the new car, put my folded the big old seats up put the dog in there and we went out to rooster rock and unfortunately there's not really any beach yet so we like literally like crawled through mud together but there was something about just like literally like feeling mud between my toes like having my dog like with me there and then us finally like kind of emerging from these trails and like at one point I literally, and I didn't like smoke weed or do like any mushrooms before I went, I literally just was experiencing the world. There was another part where we were walking through and there was this trail overgrown and there was all this grass just like in my face. And I felt like, you know that scene in Spirited Away when um, he grabs her and they run through like the corn like the corn fields or whatever. Mm-hmm, and they're like mm-hmm. running through the grass. That's what I felt like with Jolene. I was like pushing through these things quickly and Jolene's like kind of hopping behind me. And it was just, um anyway. Connection in nature and like being fucking like feeling grass hit my sin, Mm -hmm. feeling sand in my sandals, feeling the sun. I have a tiny bit of sunburn. It feels good. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like not like the bad kind of sunburn, like the good kind. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. What am I trying to say? For me, I have not yet gone on my full roundhouse spiritual journey. And the small steps that I have taken into that have always been for me. I feel my most connected to spirit when I am observing nature because I'm like watching energy happen and it is uninterrupted by human stuff. Mm. It is literally just existing. If anything, I'm an observer, you know, I'm not like throwing shit in there or like whatever. I'm literally just kind of like watching the waves move. I'm watching grass. I'm watching the leaves and watching the, the bugs on this thing. And like that level of observation allows me to see myself as connected to all of that. Yes. And So anyway, I am also like trying to go camping this weekend at this place that we used to go camping a lot and it kind of closed down because of all the fires um, that happened. And so our friends are there and I'm excited to go meet them tomorrow. I just am, for me, my reset, is not cleaning my house it should be it isn't all the time my reset is getting the fuck out in the woods Mm -hmm. and like getting dirty and like then taking that shower where you just kind of wash it all off Mm -mm -mm, sounds good no that (laughs) That sounds so good oh
0: my god (laughs) Maddie, you just let us right into the homework honestly i was gonna say It's another journal exercise. Pull up your journals, and we gonna write a little bit. Ooh, bitch! I um, love a journal prompt,
1: bitch. <laughs> you're
0: trying to apply? I mean, if you wanna do it right now, girl. <laughs> I'm writing down my homework,
2: hoe. What are you talking about? I'm a good student. Uh-
1: Uh, For anyone who wants to revisit the homework, you can also check out our recommendations and uh, resources document in our link tree. and It is always at the bottom of the page.
0: There we go. (laughs) Um, This week's homework um, is definitely going to be a journaling exercise. Um, Based on today's conversation, I think we have a lot to take away from it, but the biggest thing to take away is what can you do to make yourself feel more connected to you? Hmm. Period. Whether you want to go do that right now, period. Um, Whether you want to go do that shit right now or whether you want to write about it and and explore it a little bit more and then maybe figure out how to make it happen. I mean, sometimes for me, like I feel more connected to myself when I go on like a six hour road trip, but I can't just like do that right now in this moment. Um, Let's just at least write it down and think about it a little bit. Like what is going to make you feel more connected to you? And then how can you go about doing that? um make the plan figure it out whether you decide to do it or not i'm not worried about i want i just want to get you guys thinking the listeners out there about what that could even possibly be i think that we we live life really fast. Sometimes we sort of just go from one thing to the next and we never take time to really sit down and think about how we're connecting with ourselves. Um, So let's just journal about it. And I know that meditation isn't always the answer. I know that Mm -hmm. journaling isn't always the answer, right? Like sometimes it is literally to Maddie's point about going out in nature. For me, it's about just going on a road trip. Sometimes it's literally about just, I like to go sit down in the middle of my yard and just stand there with my shoes off and my socks off and I just feel better. So, and I feel like I'm more connected to me. So um let's write about it just think about it what can you do that's going to make you feel more connected to you not to other people per se not to make yourself feel happier that's not i'm not talking about emotions i'm not talking about that i'm literally talking about a connection with yourself yeah and your spirit
1: yeah let us know how you're doing with the homework um you can follow gary at Gangster gurry okay and you can follow us at qbt pod on instagram and twitter Please don't forget to subscribe and share. Thank you to Marquis and Shanti Darling for letting us use their music. And uh, big thanks to Allie Kilds for helping us with editing. She's on the road right now, um, moving Safe to LA. Uh, so if this sounds like shit, it's completely my fault, not hers. <laughs> um, uh, uh, also, just in honor of um, Naya Vera and her memory, I wanted to maybe play this read of Kurt because I think it's fucking hilarious. I want to hear it. it
3: Oh, Kurt, can I have a word with you? Well, um, I'm gonna go. No, you need a rough stay. Kurt, I took what you said to heart, and I thought long and hard about it, and it occurred to me that you may have a point. Okay, maybe Brittany and I are too young to get married. I mean, after all, that's why it didn't work out with you and Blaine, right? Or maybe it didn't work out because you're a judgmental and a tyrannophile with a mouth like a cat's ass. Maybe Blaine got tired of hearing a shrill, self-aggrandizing lecture about how you felt the two of you were at the very apex of the gay rights movement every time you so much as cooked macaroni and cheese together, or farted. Maybe Blaine didn't want to be with someone who looks like they just removed their top row of dentures every time they smile, or someone who doesn't dress like an extra out of one of Andy Dick's more elaborate wet dreams. Maybe Blaine grew weary of dating a breathier, more feminine Quinn Febre. Maybe he finally got freaked out by your strange, obsession with old people that causes you to skulk around nursing homes, like one of those cats that can smell cancer. Maybe he got tired of watching you drape yourself on every piano you happen past to entertain exactly no one with. Say some song that Judy Garland choked on her tongue in the middle of, or some sassy old Broadway standard made famous by another dead alcoholic crumb. Maybe Blaine woke up one day and said, you know what? I don't want to marry a sexless self-centered baton twirler. Maybe I need someone who knows more than three dance moves, the finger wag, the shoulder shimmy, and the One, where you pretend to twirl two invisible rainbow-colored ribbons attached to your hips. So you know what? Maybe that's why it didn't work out. Maybe it has nothing to do with me and Brittany. Maybe it's just that you are utterly, utterly intolerable. Maybe that has something to do with it. Gary,
1: you are beyond tolerable and have been such a gift this episode. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, you guys.
2: It was such a pleasure to be here.
1: Big love. Follow us on Instagram. Give us some chats. Show Gurry some love and, and also uh,
2: leave us a fucking review on Apple Podcast. Yeah,
1: do it. It's so good. We love it. We crave it. We need it. We're gonna survive off of it. If we don't, we die.
2: die. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Trying to talk slick. All up in my ear and shit.